Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Simply the Sermon. This is Russ Gordon, interim pastor at Bethel Lutheran Church in Templeton. I'm so glad you could join us. Before we begin the message, let's uh, share a few announcements. First of all, uh, yesterday we had a wonderful pancake breakfast offered by the Kingsmen of the congregation. They were just great. It was a delicious, delicious breakfast. Thank you to the guys who put that all together. Uh, We also said goodbye to uh, Julie Hobart, our director of music. She's retiring, and uh, we're so sad to to lose her, Uh, but we are so thankful for her 11 years of work with us, five of them as a contracted director of music. So uh, if you do get a chance to see Julie or maybe send her an email note or a card or something, that'd be really appreciated, I'm sure. A lot of people said some wonderful things about her, well-deserved. So it's going to be a bit of a transition again. Uh, so if, if anyone out there knows of a musician who would like to uh, be a part of our music team, that would be great, or someone who actually could uh, direct the music program at the church. So please uh, give me a call. Let me know. Other activities uh, coming up, uh, please note your newsletter that you got on Friday. Uh, but the Martha Circle meets on Tuesday at noon in the fellowship hall this wednesday begins the lenten season with our ash wednesday service at noon at bethel lutheran or if evening is more preferable for you then join the folks at hope lutheran church in atascadero at 7 p.m so we are joining together with hope lutheran church in a combined uh, lenten uh, experience together So some of the midweek services will be at Bethel, some will be at Hope. Please take a look at the uh, Lenten schedule that is sent in the Friday email. As well as Holy Week will be a shared experience, too, with our good friends of Hope Lutheran Church. All right. There's also preceding the Wednesday evening uh, Lenten services, a soup supper, beginning March 1st. And if you would like to sign up for that, you can do so online or come uh, and let us know at the office or give us a call. All right. Well, let me share with you our reading for today from the Gospel from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9, where this is what it says. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with them. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved, with him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Where in the world is Jesus taking us now? I just can't help but think that is what Peter and James and John were thinking 
when Jesus started climbing not just a hill, not just a mountain, but as our story says, a high mountain, leading them and leaving the others behind. After all, they were fishermen, right? They were used to be on flat coastal plains and sailing on a calm sea in a boat. They weren't mountain climbers after all. Well, it had been three years since Jesus called them away from their fishing to follow him, and follow him they did along dusty trails. For all that they had seen and heard, the three years must have felt like 30 years. And here's what I think. After those three busy years, the disciples were perhaps getting a little used to Jesus. They began taking things in stride. Life with Jesus, traveling from village to village, was, well, maybe beginning to lose its luster. The extraordinary becoming just a bit ordinary. The teachings, eh, Oh, that was another good story there, Jesus. Sorry, my pen ran out of ink. I'll write the next one down. Even the miracles became less miraculous. Got another blind man here who needs healing, Jesus. Oh, here's another leper for you. Oh, this mother has a sick child. And oh, the crowd's getting hungry too, Jesus. Got some bread and fish here. Can you take care of it? Just do your thing, Jesus. Perhaps the miraculous was becoming mundane. Good thing that never happens to us. Relationships can lose their glow, even the dearest of them. Take marriages. At first, you are swept off your feet. Wow, here is someone who loves me and wants to be with me the rest of my life. And then comes the rest of your life. Like a beautiful butterfly in reverse, climbing back into the cocoon, marriage partners can stop talking and worse, stop listening. I like how Benny Fields puts it. The glances over cocktails that once seemed so sweet are not quite as amorous over shredded wheat. We could take our life and our children for granted when we begin to see them less as miracles and more like monsters. Jeannie and I spent the last part of of the year in District of the Columbia, as you well know, primarily to be with our absolutely adorable, perfect, and nearly two-year-old grandson. And yes, there were times, I confess, when we could hardly wait until his parents got home from a full day of child care. We can take much of our life for granted, our work, our parents. The challenge to rekindle the spark may seem impossible like a high mountain, or maybe something about our health or overcoming an addiction may seem like a mountain, overwhelming. And even in the church, which is supposed to be one long happy time with Jesus, well, <laughs> you sit on enough committee meetings, you come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, you flip one too many pancakes, and the extraordinary may become ordinary. And it may feel like one has to climb a mountain in one's relationships, or within oneself, in order to make the needed changes. And so it can be easier just to settle for the routine, and the mundane, and the ordinary, which may lead to a quiet resentment. Where in the world are we going now? Some mountains are pretty insurmountable. When one is used to setting two places at the dinner table, where is the joy in cooking for one? Food doesn't taste the same. The enthusiasm isn't there. 
and maybe one settles for snacking rather than creating a real meal. Some mountains are formidable, but this is where Jesus bids us to follow, up the mountain, because it is there that something special, something perhaps very special, awaits us. Now, I doubt Peter, James, and John knew what was going to happen, Jesus glowing and being transfigured before them. And just when they thought they had all Jesus all figured out, right, that experience probably got them out of their days. And there was Moses and Elijah. How did they know it was them? Okay, Moses and Charlton Heston look alike, right? But Elijah? He wasn't in a Hollywood movie that I know of. You remember Moses, don't you? getting fed up with the people he was dragging around the wilderness. He climbs Mount Sinai, but he sees the glory of God. Elijah, the great prophet of God, called upon God's power at the top of Mount Carmel to defeat the enemies of God. And then, if that wasn't enough, a voice from heaven, This is my son, the beloved, listen to him. Echoes of Jesus' baptism. What a moment, a transforming moment. For Jesus, and yes, for Peter, James, and John, notice that they fell on the ground. They were so overwhelmed. Now, do you think they viewed Jesus in a different light after that? You bet they did. Transformational moments are meant to wake us from our complacency. Transformational moments are meant to reform and transform our thinking, our attitude, and our behavior. They may not all be as dramatic as in our story today, But these moments are given to us by God, right when we think we have things all figured out. And I think you know what I'm talking about. I have taken my wife Jeannie for granted way too many times. And sometimes the glow is a little less glowy, but I admit to being the dim bulb in the relationship. God has provided many transfiguration moments for me, though, like when our boys were born and I saw what it took for Jeannie to bring them into the world. Or like when I visited her in the classroom back when she was teaching in public education and how she kept a classroom of 32 sixth graders in line. I could see she really cared for them, and because of that, they respected her, and my respect for her grew immensely. Or whenever Jeannie makes an exquisite dinner just because, and here I haven't cleaned out the garage yet like I promised, And all our grandson really needs to do is say, pop, pop. And he gives me that smile and a hand that says, come and read a book to me. That's all it takes. No one glowed in the dark, but it was still transformational. Or when you begin to actually taste and appreciate and give thanks for that meal for one. Remember what Peter said in our story today. Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let me build three dwelling places, one for each of you. The transformational moments are just that, moments. As much as we would like, we can't stay. Jesus has a larger purpose for us. As Soren Kierkegaard said, life is understood looking back, but it must be lived going forward. And so, down the mountain they go. And you know what happened next in the story? Go home and read the story after this one in Matthew 17. They were approached by a distraught father whose son suffered epilepsy. Now, do you think Peter, James, and John were just a little more eager to help this father after that experience on the mountaintop? 
Do you think they approached their work with a little more glow? Life is lived going forward. The next stop on this journey of Jesus was Jerusalem. His arrest, the trial, the judgment, the crown of thorns, the climbing of another hill, Calvary, and the cross. And this time, instead of two notable heroes on either side, two criminals hung. His clothing, once radiated glory, was taken from him. The voice from heaven fell silent. While it was a lone sentry who remarkably is transformed by what he witnessed that Good Friday, he confesses this crucified one to be the Son of God. Yes, the light shone bright again on an early Easter morning. And later, the outpouring of the Spirit, disciples transformed into apostles, sent ones. And a man named Saul changed from being a persecutor of Christians into one of Christianity's boldest missionaries. Now, this interim time here at Bethel is meant not only to be merely transitional from one pastor to the next, but transformational, an invitation to climb a mountain that may appear initially to be a bit insurmountable, to see once again that Jesus indeed shines in every committee meeting, every member, every song we sing on Sundays, and yes, in every pancake that we flip. This is not a time to take for granted. And so next Sunday, when you walk through these doors, prepare yourselves for an encounter with the living, forgiving God to know that you are loved with an everlasting love. That is when the glow begins to happen. To know is to glow. I made that up. <laughs> then, after the glow, comes the transformation, and we are changed from sinners to saints, consumers to contributors, members into ministers, an audience into an army, from spectators into sharers of the great story that is God. Granted, we are not perfectly transformed. That happens later in our story. On my way here from San Luis Obispo, I drive up the Cuesta Grade. And I'm glad I don't have to walk up that mountain. But as I ascend, you know what I do? I pray for you, for every member of Bethel, to receive a word from God that you might need just now in your life an uplifting of your spirit, a mini mountaintop experience that renews your joy and your sense of purpose because life is meant to be lived forwards. And so may the God of fishermen and butterflies, of the mundane and the momentous, of the cross and the empty grave, guide you to the mountaintop and give you a glimpse of his glory. And as you see Jesus only, May your life be so transformed that you become a reflection of the one who left heaven's mansions to live and move and have his being in you. Amen.